Welcome back to the BLB, folks. It's Sunday, June 11th. We're coming at you on the weekend because we had to hit um, game four. And they always say, you know, the old adage goes, we don't have a series until there's a dick punch. So dick punch 2.0. We're underway, folks. The series is alive. Um, first of all, you know, quick thoughts. It was a freaking great game. Great effort. High, high level intensity. Top of the level talent. We had controversy, we had drama, we had everything we want in a playoff game. Finally, it took, what, four series almost until game four. Finally, we had some some excitement, um, you know, and, you know, we had some words said before. Warriors said they wanted to, to um, you know, before the ga- game to spray the champagne in the land again, you know, raise another trophy in the land, um, you know, got, got the, you know, got the Cavs uh, squad inspired. Um, you know, game three was a crushing loss, brutal loss. Um, most teams would have laid on the canvas for, but uh, you know, got to tip your hats to to, to the Cavs dude, for rising up. It was uh, uh, it was quite a game, man. An impressive game from the land, dude. It was a lot of heart, dude. Reminded me of uh, the Aurora, dude. Lighting up people at yeah. OSU, dude. Just dropping buckets like Kyrie, dude. Just oh, unreal, man. dude. The heart that they showed. It was just a very Aurora-like experience. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's exactly. When I thought of that game, I thought oh, this is Aurora. When I think of Kyle, you know, Kyrie Irving, I think of Canal Aurora. Very similar uh, players, similar um, stature. Know, their ability similar to skills. finish. Yeah, very similar stature. You know, both both look very similar. Um, but without further ado, um, we're gonna hit some of the quick hitting uh, hot topics from the you know from the game and to get prepared for game uh, game five. So um, hit the music. Let's get started. What a great game, man. Just an amazing set of back and forth between the teams, and the Cavs basically showed up. So, wow, give me your initial thoughts uh, from the game. Um, it was a great game. High-level play at its finest right there. Um, you know, we saw uh, just fantastic play on both on both sides. Um, you know, like we said earlier, it's very easy to get swept and lay down after that soul-crushing Game 3 loss. Uh, you know, KD showed up, you know, you know props Props to KD in Game Three. Um, you know, hit that shot, huge shot, probably the biggest shot he's ever hit. Um, but after that, I mean, I think most of the city, you know, we talked about it. We thought it was going to be a sweep, um, but they showed up. Um, you know, keep it in perspective. It's only one game. Um, it's only one game. Um, we got to set sets up for a, for an awesome Game Five. Um, but ultimately, I was just amazed at the talent and the skill level on both sides. Um, I think that you know what, what really stands out is because it's so perimeter perimeter heavy. Uh, this series um, and it just shows you that just the ability to break down the opponent um, you know some of these I mean it's great defense being played but you know Clay Thompson is an elite level defender he's elite he's probably the best two-way guard in the game 
And Kyrie Irving uh, went this off guy, for what, Leonard might be good, but yeah. Continue. Well, he's not a guard. Kyrie Leonard's a small forward, but I'm talking about a shooting Guards guard. Two and he was four, guarding. But sure. Yeah, but he was guarding. He was guarding Kyrie the whole time, and you know Draymond Green, elite level defender. You know, guarding LeBron, and and you know, vice versa. LeBron James is a great defender. Look what KD does. So it's just great to see this level of play. This is what we want in the NBA Finals: uh, drama, controversy, high level play. It's great. Yeah, dude. I uh, I gotta give props, man. I thought Cleveland would come in and just lay an egg, dude. They showed up and did some phenomenal things. And uh, two people you gotta give props to. Obviously, Kyrie and LeBron showed up. I mean, they've been showing up for the most part. Kyrie has definitely made some mistakes. I would argue he's the reason they lost Game 3, but he showed up big in Game 4 and made it. But I think the two guys that made a huge difference that just haven't showed up at all in this series are J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson. It's about goddamn time that they showed up. It's unreal. Uh, Tristan Thompson finally showed up, got some rebounds. J.R. Smith uh, had a No Kardashian curse here. Well, no Kardashian curse for one game. We'll see. We'll see. She was... Prominently displayed in Game Four, she I was. Though. She was. She had a they shout out, giving from, a lot of uh, information about her. Yeah, Van Gundy was talking about how he went she in. was a curse. <laughs> yeah, he went all in. He went all in. But honestly, man, that forty-nine point first quarter performance was just phenomenal. I mean, I don't think I've seen any. I mean, we haven't seen anything like that. Cause it was the most ever scored. Uh, and I was just impressed with Cleveland's heart, dude. They could have easily come in and just laid down. Um, but I think the crazy thing was, even though Cleveland was up big. You were kind of still like, oh, shit, Golden State could come back because they hit three so well, up 15, up 20. You're still like, oh, no, like it, it's not really that big. It's five or six shots, and they're back in the game. And you really expect Golden State to be able to hit that. So I thought that was kind of incredible um, to kind of see. And uh, it's nice to see a real game in the series, like you mentioned. Yeah, man, finally. It's been a long time. Well, um, you know, aside from I think we kind of touched on some of these things, but, um, you know, retroactively looking at what happened, what were your uh, major keys to the game that you saw that really kind of stood out and, uh, you know, caused and, and what things that have to be replicated for, for the series to go on? Yeah, I mean, I think the role players, dude, that's really what it comes down to. J.R. Smith had 15 points, all from three. Uh, he's really going to be your fourth scorer, you know, coming in and, and basically running the game. Uh, you got, you know what you're going to get from Kyrie. You know what you're going to get from LeBron. You basically know what you're going to get from Kevin Love. You're going to get, you know, around 20 points, maybe eight to 10 rebounds, 12 rebounds. And, and the by other- the way, by the way, he's been really good this series. He's been okay? playing like, well. I don't want people to people just blame him because he's the easy guy to blame. He's been yeah. playing pretty good defense too. If you watch him, I know he's not going to be the greatest defender, but he's, he's playing well. pretty decent. Yeah. But the other big one, dude, is Tristan Thompson, man. I mean, he was out rebounded by fucking Steph Curry. That's yeah. absurd i can't even understand yeah. that and he finally got up got rebounds he was on the offensive glass he was playing d you could tell from the start of the game he was in the game and i yeah. think the other big thing man they, they have to stay aggressive uh the aggressive game is not something golden state wants they don't want to get hit they don't want to get knocked around they like to play what's called the beautiful game they want to essentially pass the ball around keep it moving make sure everybody's on the move do a motion offense and uh if you start knocking them on the ground they're not happy they are not happy. So I think getting those things um, are the big things that they need to do. But uh, the role players, the aggressive nature, I mean, we'll yeah. see. Are they going to show up in, in, on the road? They're typically better at home. That's true. I mean, like you said, man, it's all about intensity, intensity, intensity. Finally, some hard fouls. Finally, a flagrant, although that was not really a flagrant foul. That was a, that was a <laughs> garbage call. But still, um, there's no question the Warriors have more talent. You look at the paper, they have more talent. You have to muck up the game. You have to play harder than them. You have to cause these hard fouls. You have to, you know, Steph Curry's not a big dude. He's a small dude. You, every time he drives, you put him on his ass, you know, uh, trash talk him. Whatever you got to do, you got to do. But finally, you just got to get him out of their element. They're too comfortable. And obviously, the, you know, the other key is, is Kyrie Irving, man. This guy is a shot maker. 
It's all he is. You can't describe him. He's not a point guard. He doesn't pass enough. He's not a shooting guard necessarily. He's not big enough. But I've always said this about Kyrie is he's not really a regular season guy. If you need him from games one through 82, there's better point guards than him. There are. There, he's you know he's he's a great. He's still really good. He'll come up when he has to. But he's a guy in the playoffs when you when it boils down to that half court offense, it's ISO ball. Okay, that's what it comes down to. We saw it last year when he hit the you know the unreal shot in Game Seven. Dude, he's the best finisher. He's on. He's not scared of the moment, um, and he's the best finisher in the game. And, dude, you know, we, I will. Uh, I'll say something about Kyrie, dude. He is, in my opinion, I will say he is the best shot maker in the game right now, hands down. I mean, when you get him down near the buckets, nobody can make these unreal shots like him. But he's might be the best little man since Allen Iverson. He's not little. He's six three. No, not dude, really he's, little. But he's a little man, dude. I don't think he's. I mean, he's like six one without he's shoes. Six three. No, he's six three. Well, you. Good thing you play basketball with shoes. So oh, come on, he's dude. six three. Um, and I wouldn't. I mean, listen. He's not. He's not big. He's not really small. But just the way he finishes, he's not the most athletic guy in the game either. Um, but you know, he's a clutch player, and you know, with with LeBron, you know, he has to exert so much energy throughout the game. You kind of need someone to take over. We saw that in Game Three. You know, when we talked about why was he? That was the, the narrative after the game. Why was he the one? taking a shot at the end why was he going iso ball but you can't have it both ways that's his game his game is iso ball you can't say all of a sudden when he misses like why isn't he passing more he's won you a championship playing his style if he fails he's gonna fail that's fine you miss a shot but that is his game he's gonna go one-on-one and sometimes he's gonna miss so you know it is what it is um the other big thing came out of uh came out of uh, uh game four draymond green man he is every time you know I would love to have Draymond on my team because I'd probably love him. But when he's not on your team, you really, really dislike him. But he is so close to being unhinged. Man, is this guy a crazy person? Like, he's he's crazy. Dude, this guy is amazing, dude. He's made for TV. This guy yeah. is, is, is incredible, dude. He's, he's making the series because it hasn't been a series so far. But uh, here's my opinion, dude. Draymond Green is the new Dennis Rodman without the crazy hair. I mean, he literally plays just like him. He is crazy emotional always going nuts uh you remember dennis rodman kicking a cameraman you could easily see draymond green doing that you could easily see him just running up getting nuts but i mean he plays phenomenal defense he grabs rebounds uh admittedly not as good as dennis rodman dennis rodman is probably one of the best rebounders of all times he definitely has a better shot and better court awareness uh but he's literally he's literally dennis rodman yeah i mean he like I said, you would love to have him on your team. And if he's not on your team, he's the guy that you just absolutely hate. Just his face, everything he does, he's just a villain. He's the ultimate villain on a team. You know, Golden State, when you look at their team, they've been a guy, their whole squad are a bunch of, you know, for the most part, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, both their parents from the NBA, raised in a very high, you know, standard of living. You know, you see Steph Curry's family all the time. They're the pinnacle, they're the NBA family. Kevin Durant, even, even as a young kid, he was a guy who's always going to be the, the anointed one. He's a number two pick, probably should have gone number one. Um, you know, shout out to Greg Oden, unfortunately, but, um, but, you know, Draymond Green, um, you know, second round draft pick, a dude who's been fat. He's not really super athletic. Dude, he's he just fat. Hustled. He's just hustled. He's not, not anymore. Not anymore. If you look at those pictures from Michigan State, man, he no one expected, obviously no one expected yeah. him to be like this. He doesn't even have a position. What position is he? He's dude, he's, he's, he's every position. I mean, he's the exactly. new NBA, which is just exactly. like a good player, right? It's a positionless, and, he's a positionless player. And I love him, but he has to, I don't understand, man. He has to, every single foul against him, you can't just start flailing your arms and going oh, against him. Oh, come on. Don't even. Give you can't this. do that. Oh no, but God. listen. That's LeBron. Listen, that's LeBron. That's Every time that's LeBron gets LeBron. fouled, he cries. There's so many memes about LeBron crying. Unreal, listen, man. He learned it from LeBron. Fine. 
That's fine, but there's two. First of all, you get the super the superstars are that it's just the way it is. The superstars are allowed to get away with things. No, Draymond what is Green a great player. Game seven he's last a great year, player. A triple double. He's a great player. Triple Listen, double. He's a great, game great player. seven defensive player of the year. He Listen. is a superstar. He you can't a, say he's not a fine. superstar on one side and then say no. Golden State has the best team of all time because they have four superstars. Listen, he's not. I don't think he's a superstar. I think he's a very, very. He's a very high star. With Draymond Green, aside from the Warriors, he's not. If he's your number one guy, you don't win a championship. Let's be honest, you don't. Okay, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but you're not going to get every call. And it's not even the fact that yeah, LeBron does the same thing, but he doesn't show up the refs like that. When you see Draymond Green, he's flailing his arms, he's attacking him, he's cursing. The the camera picks up on this. No ref wants to be stood up like that. Oh, come and on, you know man. he got two he got two technicals. Those are BS technicals. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Cavs fan, those are they should not be technicals. I'm all a fan of just letting them play, but he should know his reputation. He got kicked out last year. There's a there's you know a thought is that they could have won the championship last year with him there. He got kicked out. He's got to learn. I mean, you cannot keep doing this. And I don't know. He's he that you know. Listen, when the game was getting down there and it was kind of in hand, my only thought was let's get Draymond pissed off. Let's get him pissed off because that's he's unhinged. Look, man, Draymond, you said it best in the beginning, okay? The bottom line is he is a guy you hate when you're playing against him and you love him when you're on, he's on your team. He is literally like the enforcer in hockey or like James Harrison from the Steelers. You do not like him, but when he's on your team, you absolutely love him, and he does all the dirty stuff that nobody else wants to do. If you're walking down the alley, Draymond's the guy you want by your side, not Steph, not Clay. He's the guy who's going to basically do all the dirty work on the 100%. court. 100%. So, you know, I, I got props to him. But – but he needs to know that you know. But the team needs him, so you have to realize you have to. It's a, it's a gray line, I guess. So hey, we'll he's see. walking it fine for now. But let's uh, let's go on, dude. Game five, three one. We had this last year, dude. Then Draymond with the little dick kick, uh, hitting people. Uh, what? Uh, you think there's a shot? You think Cavs actually have a shot to uh, come back and win this thing in seven? <laughs> we'll see um you know i see i do actually i i just want it to be on record i do see some signs that could allow for a bit of a scare for the warriors there's a lot of similarities obviously there's two different teams don't get me wrong they added a seven foot monster that wasn't there last year and draymond didn't play in game five who's gonna play this year um obviously you know this goes without saying not breaking any news here but game five is gonna be unreal if 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 this isn't a huge if if they do win game five all the pressure the whole narrative of the 3-0 lead 3-1 lead from last year that's going to shift all into the golden state and then they're going to have to come to cleveland so this comes down to tristan thompson and jr smith like we talked about they have to set the tone you know lebron and Kyrie are going to show up i'm sure i'm not really worried about them they might miss some shots but they'll they'll do their thing those role players and kyle corver to an extent um, you know, and, and Kevin Love too, but he's, I, I feel pretty confident that I know what I'm going to get out of him. TT and JR, they're the guys who have to set the tones, get every loose ball. If you saw game four, we got the loose ball, loose balls and in, in game one and two, especially we weren't getting any of them. Um, but you know, when you go on the road, the role players usually tend to shrink. So this is going to be a time when we have to, and JR Smith, the good thing about JR Smith, he's fearless. He, like he always says, he's never seen a shot he didn't like. Yeah. So to I the need detriment to his, of his own team. But sure. Well, actually, he hasn't been shooting, so I need him to have that mentality. I want him to take the shot. Take the open threes. Don't pass him up. Open know, threes? And, he took one from like 35, 40 feet and he made in the it. last game. He's a crazy yeah, guy. That's fine. That I'll guy. take that every time. I mean, you need an irrational confidence guy. He, here, here's my thought. I mean, last year, one down 1-3. One, it's never been done before. They did it. I mean, why not? Why wouldn't you at least give them a chance? They do have the best player on the court. Nobody's doubted that. Uh, he played like the best player finally in the past two games. Um, they, 
they had an out-of-world performance. I mean, 49 points in the first quarter. That's, like, absurd. I've never heard of anything like that. But like you said, it's all going to come down to their role players. You mentioned JR. You mentioned Tristan Thompson. But everybody knows this. Role players show up at home. Can they show up on the road? They won't get as many calls on the road. They won't have the refs kind of by their side. And I think if they start to beat up the beat up the Warriors, they'll get called for fouls a little bit more often than they were back at home. Um I also think the fact that this happened last year already has the Warriors a little bit on edge. They're sitting there thinking, oh shit, it's 3-1. We already had this happen. We cannot let this happen again. So I think they're going to come in more prepared, more focused. I don't think you're going to see Draymond get thrown out or do anything crazy because he needs this. I mean, he he can't let down his team again. Um, everybody knows they would have won in five if he didn't get thrown out of the game. I don't know that. It's it's a known fact. It's a known I fact. I don't know that. I don't know that. It's, but, it's known. Okay. But I, I think... I would say they have a chance, but uh, I am not betting on it. I think I think Golden State wins tomorrow on a landslide, probably ten to fifteen points. Well, here's the thing: like we, you know, we kind of touched on these things. It's going to come down to how badly do they really want it. And Game Four showed that they did want it. I want every loose ball the Cavs have to get, you know, because like we said, they're clearly a superior. Golden State is clearly a superior team on talent. It's going to come down to hitting your game plan. You know, try, don't give up those open threes and get back on transition. They only gave up nine transition points. I, I read in uh, Game Four, whereas they were giving up twenty five plus in games one through three. You know, every time they miss those threes, everyone's got to hustle back and don't just and you cannot foul this team too. They're too good of a free throw shooting team. That's just easy points. Ultimately. I think the Cavs play best when their their um, backs are up against the wall. We've never seen this Golden State struggle. I think it's gonna be a close, close game. I think it's gonna be an awesome game. I see the Cavs slip, just getting just just getting by with a with a two to four point victory. Um, maybe it's a last second shot. Who knows? Um, but it's probably the homer in me. Um, I know, you know, if I thought with my brain, I'd probably say Golden State, <laughs> but. I think the Cavs are going to just squeak by with a win, and we're going to set up for an epic Game 6. An epic Game 6. Well, uh, I certainly hope you're right, dude. I certainly hope you're right. Let's uh, let's move on from basketball and the NBA and the finals. Let's talk about something a little bit different, dude. Let's talk about El Football, dude. A little bit of soccer. There's a huge yeah. game tonight at 8 p.m. Mexico versus USA, World Cup qualifier. Uh Big, big game, dude. Mexico is the favorite going into the game. They're currently first in the group standings. Uh, USA's third. First question, dude. Are you even going to watch? I know you're not a big soccer guy. I know you don't have the coordination to move things around with your Oh, feet. yeah. So yeah. Uh, what, what are you, you going to do? Listen, when I was when I saw this topic, I was like, what, what are we, soccer? What, what is this? What, what's going on? Is the World Cup playing? I mean, I usually tune in for the World Cup or the Euros or something like that. But, um, no, I can't say I'm a huge soccer fan. But, dude, I have heard one thing, and I have watched him a little bit. This dude, Pulisic, is that his name? Christian Pulisic? Yeah, dude. This guy looks like the truth, man. He looks like the truth. He's 18 years old, I heard. And he looks like, I mean, I've never seen, like I said, my soccer experience is very limited. What I see is just maybe, you know, I see the Ronaldo and Messi. I've never seen someone from Not USA Messi, look Messi, like him. dog, Messi. Yeah, sorry, whatever. I've never seen someone from USA look like him. And, you know, USA's always been craving for a star to follow. Can you imagine the marketing possibilities of this guy? You know, Dude, if, could if be big, is, but uh, could be Freddie Adu as well. Just, just Well, he out. looks like, isn't he already better than Freddie Adu? Like, he's actually I mean, he's playing. A, yeah, he's playing out in Europe. He's uh, doing pretty well. But, I mean, dude, the pressure could get to him. Who knows? I mean, here's what I'll say. For this specific game, there isn't actually as much pressure on USA outside of the rivalry because they got a huge win uh, against Trinidad and Tobago, uh, 2-0. <laughs> Shouldn't they win always against Trinidad and Tobago? Dude, dude, not always, dude. USA is not known for soccer, dude. So this game, yeah. even if they lose, it's not necessarily a death sentence. And, uh, dude, like you said, I have some key sources who told me uh, 
this Polisnik guy is the next great hope, okay? He could be Freddie Adu, but I think he's got a chance to bring USA soccer to relevancy. And let's be honest, soccer is the most popular sport in the world. I've noticed USA has this key problem. They're only good at sports that they create. If they don't create the sport, they're just not very good at it, right? Take well, cricket. listen, I mean, I think this goes down to a bigger thing. When the best athletes growing up, they're not going into soccer. They're going into football, basketball. You, you tell me LeBron James couldn't be good at soccer. You tell me Allen Iverson couldn't be good at soccer. Russell LeBron, Westbrook, all probably these guys not. He's too big. Well, be a goalie or something. But, like, Russell yeah, Westbrook. Tell me Russell Westbrook wouldn't be amazing at, that, at soccer. I mean, potentially. But he went into... Yeah, exactly. So I think it comes down with the youth level, everyone, the interest level. You know, there's no one for these young people growing up, the young kids to grow up uh, to follow. And if this kid could be it, it would be huge. And, you know, if you look at soccer, don't usually kids start playing this at, what, three, four? And, like, the really good ones, you can tell at a young age, right? Yeah, you can tell. uh, Like, within, like, 10, 11, 12, they're already usually in these European leagues and stuff. So They're beasts, dude. But let's get back to the keys to this actual game that's happening tomorrow. First, they got to control the midfield. Michael Bradley cannot give up possession. Tim Howard needs to be the wall, dude. He cannot let anything get by him. And uh, Josie and uh, Wood have to finish up front, dude. They have to finish. They have to score goals. Uh, The big thing is when you have opportunities, you have to finish them. So those are kind of the three big keys to the game. And that concludes our rundown of the sports for this week. Uh, We're going to switch it up a little bit and move on to a different topic. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Apple. And let's uh, let's cue up some music for you. Hey Siri, play my favorites. We have this new segment that we want to do out on this show where we spend a little bit of time talking about something different, right? We know we talk about sports. We always are interested in it, seeing what's going on with the finals, soccer, NFL, etc. But there's too much going on in the world to just ignore it. And today, keeping up with the bottom line, we want to give you a deep dive on Apple. Apple recently had their Worldwide Developers Conference where they announced a bunch of their different new features and new products. So we want to bring on the marketer's dream. We have this guy, Mr. Shwetab Gotham, who literally is has every single gadget you can ever think of and is the biggest apple fanboy we know we're bringing him on to talk a little bit about everything that they discussed at the apple conference so without further ado please welcome mr shwetab gotham thank you guys thank you thank you guys it's uh it's been a long time coming you know i uh had to leave my high-paying job over at ESPN to come here to join you boys, but uh, you know I think it'll all be worth it. You weren't let go in the uh, firings at ESPN. Uh, you know I made a strategic move over. <laughs> it's all good. BLB's better. We're hot in the streets right now, so you made a wise decision. Smart move. Uh, sorry, let's kick it off, dude. We talked a little bit about the uh, Apple Worldwide Developer Conference, and they made a bunch of announcements. Let's start with the first one, dude. They announced that Amazon Prime TV is uh, coming to Apple TV. Uh, Thob, for those of us who are less technology inclined, can you tell us what the hell Amazon Prime TV is and why this is a big deal, and if it's if it's a big deal at all? Look, guys, everybody wants a piece of this cake, right? Everybody's going to streaming. It's whether it's Amazon or Netflix or Hulu or you know, there's dozens of these. Uh, you know, Amazon Prime, you know, can't blame them. Biggest retailer retailer in the world. They just want uh, want a piece of the cake. And for me, does it does it do anything? Eh, not so much. You know, Amazon Prime TV to me is uh, it's the Zaza Pachulia of Apple TV. Yeah. You know. Um, 
you know, it's good to have. It it adds a piece to the rotation. But uh, you know, if if it's not there, nobody really notices. So, uh, but it's nice. It's nice. It's a, it's a good addition. But uh, will I watch it? Probably not. Yeah, I would agree, man. What shows are there even on Amazon Prime? Um, and you know, if you're if a consumer is out there trying to you know determine what type of streaming service to buy. How would you rank Netflix, Hulu, Amazon? What would you buy? Which ones do you recommend? I mean, to answer your question, I think the popular show on uh, Amazon Prime TV right now is Man in the High Castle. Pretty good reviews, but uh, otherwise, if I was to rank the services, you know, I think Netflix for sure is a classic, right? You have Narcos, you have House of Cards, you have some awesome shows on there. Um, so Netflix by far is number one. Uh, number two, I'd go with Hulu, uh, and I would say that just because Hulu offers a lot of, you know, live TV. I don't think they're putting out a lot of really good originals just yet, but uh, just the fact you can watch live TV, the shows you would regularly watch, I like that. Amazon Prime TV, eh, you know, like I said. If I have it, it's okay. If I don't, I don't really notice. Damn, gotcha. so it sounds like it's just not a not a big game changer, at least for you. I mean, who do you think – why do you think this deal happened? Is it a better deal for Apple? Is it a better deal for Amazon as far as putting it on the Apple TV? You know, I think it's mutual, right, with having Amazon on Apple. Amazon benefits because Apple TV is, you know, a very popular platform. So to get more viewership – why not? For Apple, it's good. You know, you bring in all the Amazon folks. So I think it's mutually, you know, beneficial to both parties. Yeah. So, you know, the other big uh, news coming out of the conference is they're talking about the Apple Watch. Um, you know, they, the integration, the further integration with the Siri voice interface and the activity notifications. You know, ever since the Apple Watch came out, uh, I guess the question's really been, is this worth it? Like, what does this add to someone who already has a phone? You know, it, you know what extra benefits does this have? And is this something that you would recommend buying? Look, guys, I think fundamentally it comes down to one big thing for me. The Apple Watch is not a standalone device, right? Uh, and, and which makes me think, you know, it's like Kyrie Irving, right? The Apple Watch is the Kyrie Irving of Apple. Uh, you know, it's only good because LeBron's there, the iPhone's there, right? Without LeBron, without the iPhone, the Apple Watch is nothing. Kyrie's nothing, yeah. right? Can't win a championship without LeBron. And put up and, 45. He eh, won't win a championship, though. So. That's true. That's true. So, uh, I, you know, it's a great device, awesome, has a lot of potential. What I'm looking for in the future is it, it's a standalone device that does not need the iPhone. All right, even if it is a standalone device, why would you get this over a normal watch? Think about it. It's uh, there, it's MIT graded it with the highest, most accurate uh, heart rate monitor. It has tons of texting options. It has pictures. It has maps, very accurate maps, by the way. Uh, you know, just tons of features that things like the Fitbit and other devices just don't have. You know, whenever I see someone with an Apple Watch, you always know it's a big Apple fanboy. That's when I see that guy, I'm like, yo, this guy, this guy's a dude who waits in line every day for the, you know, whenever the phone comes out. Because I still, I personally don't, like, I guess we were saying, like, I don't realize, like, is there um, a reason to buy this versus, I mean, it's what, 350 bucks, 400 bucks? Uh, that, you can, that can get you a pretty nice watch. Um, so, you know. It is what it is, I guess. But uh, ultimately, we are saying, is this a buy or a no buy? Uh, I think the upcoming one, you know, I, I think, honestly, until it's a standalone device, personally, I don't think it's a buy. But I do understand the appeal of why people do like it. Damn, All right. There you have it. Bottom line, dude, do not get the Apple Watch just yet. Maybe in the future, according All to right. Shui. All right, <laughs> let's move on to the next uh, big topic that they talked about. Probably their biggest announcement, uh, which was the HomePod which is essentially a home speaker that you can speak to. 
uh, and kind of basically learn a little bit more about you, I guess. But uh, let me know if I got that wrong. So, Shway, like, what is this HomePod thing? Why is it such a big deal? Why was that their biggest announcement? So the reason it's the biggest announcement is for a couple of things. A, you know, the people's immediate response is, oh, this is a competitor to Alexa, to OK Google. Uh, but you'll notice that Apple didn't actually say that that's what the purpose of this was. It was, for Apple, a speaker first and a smart assistant second. So what they're going up against is the Sonos, the Boses of the world, who have high-quality speakers, you know, and, and all they did is add Siri to it, right? So so that's what they're going up against. You'll notice the price tag's a little bit higher at $349, um, whereas, you know, Google, Alexa, I think the highest one is about $300. Um, excuse me, the Sonos speaker is $300, and the AIs themselves are in the 100 to 200 range. So what you'll see is that, you know, the HomePod is a speaker first. Um, and, and what I think of it is, is as Draymond Green, right? <laughs> HomePod is the Draymond Green of the Apple lineup. You know, it's an underdog. It's an underdog. You're competing against established players in the game, Amazon, Google, right? But you have the potential to come out on top. And you will. The HomePod will come out on top. I guarantee it. It'll be the smartest AI in your household, and it will be one of the best speakers most people have ever owned at that price point. Well, why, I can, why will it come out on top? Because Apple developers are the best, right? Every piece of software, hardware we've had has always been the best uh, through every measure. And what we'll see is that, you know, people who have an affinity towards the brand, which I would argue is 8 out of 10 people, are going to be going towards the HomePod. I will unequivocally say I've never heard anyone describe Apple as an underdog before. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, who knows? I guess it is here. Um, ultimately, can it compete with the Echo and the Home? Absolutely. I think within a year or two, once, uh, you know, third-party developers come on, you know, they make Siri smarter than she already is, I think, uh, I think HomePod has a clear advantage in two years. Nice. So the BLB is yes for the HomePod uh, from our, our uh, technology expert here. Um, the next topic, the big, uh, the other big, um, you know, some of the, the stuff coming out of the conference. How about Siri versus Alexa versus OK Google? It seems like this is kind of the new fad right now. Which one do you think is the best and why do you think it's the best? Look, guys, right now I own an Echo Dot. Alexa is my best friend. The first person I talk to every morning <laughs> is Alexa. Nice. That's my girl. Alexa is my girl, man. She tells me the weather. She tells me the news. She tells me everything, man. She tells me my schedule for the day. Alexa is my girl. Uh, you know, okay, Google. I just don't like having to say, okay, Google. I think it's annoying. Yeah. I think it's weird. Uh, Alexa, I feel a personal attachment to. Um, now, if we're talking Siri, you know, I don't talk to Siri too much. We're not that tight yet. But once I can talk to Siri without having to press a button... Uh, you know, I, I think I think I could develop a new relationship with Siri. I, I think she she's uh she's the side piece as it stands. <laughs> so uh, what's the what's the coolest thing you've ever said to Alexa? Uh, you know, for the purpose of this podcast, I'll I'll keep it PG. But uh, Alexa has solid Game of Thrones knowledge. Uh, so so that's always interesting to see. I recommend you guys try it out sometime. Okay, okay. So Game of Thrones and Alexa get along very, very well. Let's uh, let's finish off this topic with one thing. You mentioned that Siri is something, or HomePod and Siri is something you expect to catch up to Alexa, and Alexa's your best friend right now. What's going to make it catch up? You know, like I said, uh, I think the developers over at Apple uh, know, have seen the potential of third-party uh, apps, of third-party capabilities, and I think, you know, once 
you know, you're able to call an Uber from your home pod or, or pay your bills or control your smart home. Uh, you know, these are all things Alexa can do, but I think Siri will just, just like every other Apple product, will just do everything a little bit better, a little more smoother. All right. Makes sense. Let's move on to one of their other big announcements, basically the last topic that they talked about, was the ability to do payments through Apple Pay. Um, so the idea behind it is essentially that you can pay your friends in text messages. Most people under the age of, I would say, 35 already have something that does this, and it's called uh, Venmo. So, uh, dude, tell us your thoughts around uh, Apple Pay through uh, payments on your phone versus Venmo. You know, it's an interesting concept. Uh, Venmo has the benefit of, you know, whether I have an Android or an Apple or iPhone or whatever, BlackBerry even, you know, I can pay anybody. The The limitation, the obvious limitation of Apple Pay right now, and I'm sure this is going to change, but right now you can only pay other people with iPhones. And I think that's a huge limitation, right? And I think one of the things that Apple will think about is that even though they have a huge user base of iPhones, they're going to have to really expand in order for this to take off. Do you think, um, you know, until that uh, expansion happens, do you think it will take off or this is something that is going to have to happen, um, you know, down the road until, you know, Android and BlackBerry and everyone else users. Blackberry. Use it? Yeah, do I, I don't know there's 90s? too many BlackBerry users, but. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about BlackBerry, man. I, I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know if BlackBerry is going to be taking off anytime soon, but. Uh, you know, I think it will. I think, you know, there there's millions and millions and millions of iPhone users. Um, and if it's as simple as sending a text rather than ha- opening up another app, I don't see why not. All right. So it sounds like you're bullish on uh, Apple Pay and uh, the uh, P2P payment platform. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know what? I, I think as long as Apple Pay realizes what they have to do in order for everybody, not just Apple users to use it, I think this could gain some serious traction. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up with this, dude. What would you kind of grade the entire set of announcements? So it sounds like I mean, we didn't go over all of them, um, but you got a chance to intently watch every single thing that they're doing. How would you say kind of Apple did for the entire set of things that they're releasing? You know, I by far number one is the HomePod. I will be on my laptop or on my iPhone at 6 a.m. or whenever they Jeez. announce it's going to be available. Of course. I am buying the HomePod, folks. I am going to be one of the first. I guarantee it. I'm calling it now. Uh, second, you know, I'm excited to see what happens with the Apple Watch. I think I think it does keep getting better. Like I said, I'm waiting for it to be a standalone device, but the actual capabilities of what it can do uh, is getting more and more interesting. Uh, I'm excited to see that. And I think for number three, you know, I am very excited about Apple Pay. I hope it's, uh, it's a smooth user experience. I hope, uh, you know, I hope, more places start accepting Apple Pay, so that way, you know, rather than bouncing around with credit cards and wallets and Samsung Pay and Android Pay and whatever Pay, uh, you know, we are doing it through one centralized space. All right. Well, uh, you heard it here first from on the BLB from uh, Shwetab Gautam, our uh, technology specialist. Uh, make sure you guys give him a shout. Shwe, what's your uh, what's your Insta? What's your uh, Twitter name? You know, make sure people can uh, find you, dude. If they need any more tech news. Look, guys, I'm I'm leaving Facebook and Twitter behind. I have now moved on to Instagram. <laughs> uh, you can get, follow me at Shweezy Gotham. Uh, you know, I've uh, S H W E E Z Y G A U T A M. I uh, I have tons and tons of followers and a lot of really good content on there right now, guys. So. <laughs> 
And uh, listen, Best Buy, if you ever need someone to you know review your products, we're you know please sponsor us. We have the the number one technology guru in the United States, um, and he's on our show. So let us know, and All we'll right. reach out to him. All right, thank you, Shweta. All right, guys, it's been great as usual. I'll uh, I'll see you next time. Thank you guys for tuning in. We got some great feedback. Um, you know, we try to incorporate a little bit of everything, some sports, um, some new topics. We're gonna hit some some other things in the weeks coming. Uh, if you guys have anything that you guys want us to touch, please hit us on social media, the BLB Podcast, Twitter, IG, um, or email us the BLB Podcast at gmail.com. And please, please subscribe on iTunes. Um, you know, we're trying to hit that hit that top one hundred on iTunes. We're getting there, we're pretty close. Um, so just uh, click subscribe. Let's hope for a great game five. We'll be back soon to break it down. And uh, that's it. Yeah, so thanks, y'all. Thanks for uh, joining. And uh, please subscribe. Yeah. Peace. Peace. My block. You either working or you slanging cocaine on my block. You had to hustle, cause that's how we was raised on my block. And you stayed on your hop until you made you a knot on my block. To hang out was the thing back then. And even when you left out, you came back in to my block from Holloway. Bell for the